0: So here's the Bible reading today. It's Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train, or his glory, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. And thy sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. What an amazing encounter with the living God on the part of the young prophet Isaiah. Well, we're going to come to that in a little while. But in our lead-in to that, let me leave you with a key thought. New Year, fresh vision. And today, the first Lord's Day of this year, we're saying, welcome 2020. It's the beginning of a cycle of 12 months when we will face new challenges. We will experience new joys. Perhaps we will have to go through unforeseen valleys and dark periods but they're all part of the unfolding story of life. God allows many things to happen in our lives that are all meant to shape us and fashion us and fit us for being with Him throughout eternity. But as far as I'm concerned, my diary for 2019 is now history. My diaries are all stored in a box going back many, many, many years in my life, and if I wished, I could look back through them. They are full of memories, but the year ahead is an unscripted course. Uh, The rest that I have is history. That book is closed, and the records that I put in are archived. But you know, my record is on high. There's a record unseen and unwritten down, the record that God has kept of my life. And praise God, looking back, I can say great is his faithfulness. And I'm so happy that this possibility comes at the beginning of each new year to start afresh and to go forward into the year with a new sense of mission and a new sense of commission. You know, I came across a statement in an old publication that was written back in the early 1980s. It was just individual pages that had been taken out of a magazine. And I was really struck by this because uh, it was so relevant to the beginning of this new year and any new year on that, uh, for that matter. And here's what it said. Every first of January, is an imaginary milestone on the turnpike of human life, at once a resting place for thought and meditation and a starting point for fresh exertion in the performance of our journey. And I thought this was a very telling statement. The man who does not at least purpose to himself to be better this year than last must be either very good or very bad indeed. How true. You know, however good I am or however good I may feel that I have been, I can still be better. And so with a fresh purpose, I look forward into 2020. But if I was very bad and had no conscience and no sense of betterment of my life, then I would have no stock taking exercise whatsoever. I would be beyond hope and beyond rescue. Oh yes, the man who does not at least purpose to himself or woman to be better this year than last must be either very good or very bad indeed. I think you'll be thinking over that for a little while. So with the arrival of 2020, I couldn't help thinking of the concept 2020 vision or 2020 eyesight. Usually in the month of December, I get an eye test. And I'm very happy to say that over the recent years, the optician tells me your eyesight is still good. It hasn't deteriorated anything in the last 12 months. Well, that's great. (laughs) I couldn't say that about other parts. But thank God for the wonderful possibility of 2020 eyesight. Or maybe as we usually refer to it, 2020 vision. We are told by the optician that if we have 2020 vision, then we are seeing clearly or we are seeing perfectly. So, my question to you is this Have you got 2020 spiritual vision? You say, Well, what do you mean? I mean, are you seeing clearly? Have you got a clear eyesight? You know, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart. They see God. That's how it is in the original. Fanny Crosby was once asked, is there anything worse than being blind? And she said, yes. Having sight, but no vision. And there are many people, and even God's people I'm thinking of, who have got sight. They have physical sight. They can see but they lack spiritual vision. And none of us would like to think that we had no vision, but all of us, I'm sure, could benefit from refreshed vision, or new vision, or renewed vision, as I put it in my heading there, 2020, welcome 2020, new year, fresh vision. And here's three very simple thoughts They could be elaborated on, they could be extended out, but there isn't time to do that on the radio program that we're on just now. But how about a fresh vision of God's holiness? You know, He's the self-proclaimed Holy One, the Holy One of Israel. The Bible says He's the High and Holy One that inhabiteth eternity, I was reading recently in Dr. John Oswald's book, Called to be Holy, and he said there are over 800 references to holiness or being holy or God as the Holy One in all of the Old Testament scripture. And it becomes a template for living when I remind you of these words in the book of Leviticus, the third book of the Bible. Be ye holy. Why? God says, for I am. I'm holy. In this context, we are reminded of men like Moses, the man of God, the man who knew the Lord face to face, the man who became the great leader of the nation of Israel, leading them from Egyptian slavery toward the promised land. And the encounter that he had with God at the burning bush, it's recorded for us in Exodus chapter 3. And you remember what was said to Moses as he turned aside to see what was happening, this bush that was burning but flourishing. The leaves didn't wither on it, even though it was a flame. God said, take off thy shoes from off thy feet. Why? For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. The condescension of God eternal to indwell, that little shrub and make it a living flame. The ground around it was different. It was holy ground. Moses was in contact with the Holy One. And here, as we come to Isaiah chapter 6, don't we read these words where the seraphim flying said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of His glory. Oh yes, it's called in theological language the Trisagion, the thrice holy God. And friends, today I have a book in front of me which is called the Holy Bible. And it speaks about a holy God who sent His holy Son into our world. He lived a holy life. He gave Himself on Calvary's cross to purchase a holy salvation. He looks down and calls on his people to walk the way of holiness. And he is taking all those who follow him in righteousness and holiness, he's taking them to a holy heaven. Everywhere you put your finger on that which is relevant to God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one living, true God, is completely filled with utter holiness. Oh, yes. What about a fresh vision of the holiness of God? What a profound impact it had on the young prophet. He said, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. Why? He said, Mine eyes have seen the king. Yes, the king. It says at the beginning of the chapter, In the year that King Uzziah died, and he had been on the throne for a long time, and he was highly regarded and loved very much, and what a man he was. But, my friends, he's nothing to the King, the King of Kings, the Living Lord. Then flew one of the Seraphims unto me, and he said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. It was a moment of heart-cleansing identification with the living God. And he became, what Oswald Chambers said, that bush in a person. He became a living flame. Yes, dear friends, today, what a great encounter it was. What a blessing a fresh vision of the holiness of God can bring to our lives. What about a fresh vision of the power of the cross? You know that this has been a central theme, not only in the Bible and in the glory of apostolic preaching, but it is a very, very central message in my ministry. To bring people to the cross, mission after mission, service after service, broadcast after broadcast, we preach Christ crucified. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory. Save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I am crucified unto the world. Then he speaks about that self-identification with Jesus Christ in his dying. He said, I am crucified with Christ. And then he speaks about his identification with Christ in his resurrection victory. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live. I live through the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Thank God, today, the cross is the answer to the sinner's need. There is a free salvation for all sinners through the cross work of Jesus, and there is a full salvation from all sin, through the cross work of Jesus. Thank God he not only took that record of our sinful living to the cross, but he took that old man of sin to the cross as well. And when we know this, then praise God, it works out in the destruction of the body of sin, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Oh, yes, he gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us unto himself, a special people zealous of good works. My dear friends, let's make this a great year that instead of excusing sin in our lives, let's experience deliverance from it through the mighty sanctifying power of the Spirit in the work of the cross. Oh, very quickly now, just at the end, but not without significance. What about a fresh vision of a perishing humanity? The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In John chapter 4, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, they are white, already ready to harvest. The harvest is great, the laborers are few. There's a fresh vision. Do you have that vision? Isn't it interesting that all of this worked out in the life of Isaiah in that record of chapter 6? He had a vision of God in His holiness. He had a vision of his heart need and experienced the sin-cleansing power of the Lord. He had a vision of the need of people around him. God said, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I. That was the prophet's answer. Send me. Here am I. Send me. When the church becomes comfortable within its four walls. It becomes deaf and blind to the plight of the lost. Year follows year with no visible impact on perishing souls. I wonder, will 2020 be another barren year? Barren year in your life? Or will you be a soul winner this year, reaching out to catch those who are perishing and lift up the fallen and tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save? I pray that this year, Will start out with a fresh vision of God in His holiness, of Calvary in its power, and of the lost of earth who need to be one to the Saviour.